اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم اللہ عمیری سیز ان دا ہولی قرآن اباوٹ عباد الرحمن دوز ہو دی ٹرو سرونٹس آف دی گریشیس گاڈ اب اللہ عمیری دین ون آف دی پریئرز ایٹ دی آفر از یقولون ربنا حبلنا من ازواجنا وزرریاتنا قررات آئین وجلنا للمتقین اماما دین اور لورڈ گرانٹ اس اب اور سپاوسز ان اور چلڈرن the delight of our eyes, and make us a model for the righteous. So in this verse of the Holy Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala has taught us the importance of passing on our righteousness and our principles to our children, and raising them in the philosophy and the truth of Islam that we have found and experienced to be a source of salvation in this world and the next. Then the Holy Prophet ﷺ taught that you should have children, have more children, so that on the Day of Judgment, my Ummat outnumbers all other nations. So this is also a natural commentary of this verse, that when a person has found the truth of Islam, then they naturally wish to pass it on to their children. And then also, they would wish that future generations benefit from those teachings, and this message spreads throughout the world. And since the objective of Islam is not something that will be achieved in one generation, so one would naturally desire that he have children and many children who he would then raise to be those who would be examples of the true teachings of Islam and those who would spread the message of Islam. So these are two principles that Islam has taught as a fundamental in the intention that we should have when we have children and when we raise children. Now it is both of these principles that modern thought and the trends of modern thought are in fact interestingly opposed to. One is having more children, having a greater number of children. And the second is passing our religion on to our children. When it comes to having more children, there is a trend in modern thought that we should have less children, that having more children is harmful for the environment, it is harmful for the climate. We cannot sustain this population, therefore we should have less children. And when it comes to passing our doctrines and our religion onto our children, this is seen as indoctrination. That we should let our children decide themselves of their own free will what philosophy and what moral ideals they wish to adopt of themselves. And we should not teach this to them ourselves, but rather we should give them freedom and give them choices and then let them choose whichever one their conscience leads them to be the most correct. Now, both of these things are things that Islam are opposed to. And Islam is opposed to them for good reason. When it comes to population, the Holy Qur'an has rejected this point, that we should abstain from having children because of a fear of poverty, because of a fear that the world will not be able to sustain that population. Allah Ta'ala says that, لا تقتلوا أولادكم من خشيت الإملاك That do not kill your children for fear of poverty. And as an extension in commentary of this verse, it is applied to the use of contraception for fear of poverty. Now this is... What Hazrat Khalifat al-Masih Rabbi explained in one place, that nature itself creates a balance wherein the population is controlled itself. And also, the population is a means of the progress of humanity as well, of people. If there is an attempt to artificially control that population, then it does damage to humanity. The example of China is in front of us, that they tried to do artificial population control and they've suffered because of it. 
not only have they suffered in the obvious ways, but in new and different unnatural problems that arose in their society because of those controls and because of that one-child policy that they have, that they had, they have suffered as a society because of it. So whenever a person adopts something that goes against nature, then as a society they suffer for it. Where there is hardship and there is poverty, this places a pressure on a society and on a people. It is under pressure that societies progress. It's not a coincidence that in times of war, that is when the greatest advancements of technology have happened, because there was a sense of urgency to it. Then also when there is a shortage of means, then people migrate and look for opportunities elsewhere. Under these natural pressures that come in the ebb and flow of population growth, humanity progresses. This is a natural way in which society functions. And to try and artificially control that is something that is harmful for society. So this is why this principle is something that is wrong in the first place. Then also this idea that it is a human population that is unsustainable in the world. And that it is what is causing the destruction of the environment. This is also false. There may be a correlation between the destruction of the, popu of the, of the environment and the increase in human population. That doesn't mean that there is causation. Humanity is capable of sustaining itself and sustaining itself completely in the near future on completely renewable resources. Just recently I was reading that Ireland has produced and can produce enough electricity from its wind energy to supply electricity not only for their whole country but for northern England as well. And the advancements that are happening in renewable energy across the world show that within a period of decades our society and this population can completely sustain its energy needs with completely renewable energy. And even presently, we have the facilities to be able to achieve many of those goals. So the human population at its present state is, can be provided for in the world that Allah Ta'ala has given us. To provide for 7 billion people is something that was considered impossible 100 years ago because the rise in human population has been exponential in the last couple of 100 years. 200 years ago, 100 years ago, to imagine that this many people could be sustained in the world was considered inconceivable. But there have been such advancements in farming in the last uh, 100 years that this is what has made this level of population sustainable. So also in the next 100 years, in the next hundreds of years, there will also be new advancements that will make new levels of population sustainable, which previously were thought as inconceivable. So when a person tries to speculate on whether this level of population is sustainable or not, then their estimates are again and again proven wrong throughout history. And this is also what is going to prove true in the future. Now, when a person says that we should not have children because the world cannot sustain it, then they make an error in judgment. But that error in judgment is not just an ordinary error, but it results in the suicide of a people as a nation, as a culture and as a philosophy. Because this brings us to the second point, which is where the Holy Quran has said that you should raise your children to be muttaqeen, that we should have children who are righteous so that the ummah of the Holy Prophet outnumbers all other people. Here the question of indoctrination comes, that should we raise our children in a religion? Here also this trend of modern thought that we should not quote-unquote indoctrinate our children is again false. It is again wrong. Because no matter what philosophy a person has, they teach that philosophy to their children. They teach those ideals to their children. The morals that they have adopted for no scientific reason whatsoever, but just because it is something that they believe, those are things that they definitely pass on to their children. If a person thinks that it is immoral to eat animals and is a vegetarian on moral grounds, 
then naturally they're going to pass that philosophy on to their children. Anyone who believes something genuinely to be true, then they pass on that philosophy to their children. And those children are most likely to adopt that philosophy. This is a trend that can be seen across society. If a child is raised in a liberal environment, in a highly populated city where they are very liberal in their outlook to morals and to society, then that children most likely will grow up as an adult to adopt those opinions and that same outlook to life. This is just action and reaction. A child who is raised in a very conservative area, with conservative morals and an outlook to life, then most of those children's are, children are going to grow up as adults to choose to adopt those ideals and those philosophies in their lives. So whatever culture a person is raised in, whatever ideals a person is raised in, that is the one that they are more likely to adopt. And this is the way in which ideals and philosophies are passed on to the next generation. Our children who are raised here in the United States may have ideas that are Americanized ideals. But if they had been raised in a village in Pakistan, then they would have never had those ideals. A person may think that they are a free thinker and have adopted their opinions of their own choice. But a person living in America who has ordinary American ideals is not free thinking in that sense of the word. He thinks the most ordinary things, he has the most predictable opinions that we could have seen coming from decades earlier. Anybody who thinks that he is free in his thought, if we were to simply change the circumstances in which he was born and raised, then all of those ideas of freedom of thought go out the window. Because so much of who we are is decided by our circumstances. So again, a person who is raised in America and then he grows up with American ideals, that's the most predictable thing. But you take that same person and raise him if his parents had never immigrated in a village in India or Pakistan, then it's highly unlikely that that same person would have grown up with those same American ideals that he thinks he adopted completely on his own and of his own free choice. So this is simple reality. This is the way philosophies, religion, morality, anything is passed on to the next generation. And this applies to Islam as well. <clears throat> so when the Holy Prophet ﷺ taught that you should have more children so that the teachings of Islam are passed on to the next generation and it becomes the most frequent of the, uh, of the numbers of people who adhere to that philosophy, then there was great wisdom in it. And anyone who opposes this philosophy is one that will die its own death. When people say that we should not have children and we should not pass our ideals and we should not indoctrinate our children, then they disagree with the teachings of Islam. And although from a perspective of sincere well-wishers we should advise against it, but it is really in our interest to let them disobey the teachings of Islam. Because we can very easily just sit back and wage a war of attrition against them and just let their philosophy die with their own death. Because if they're not having children, then they're not passing their philosophy off to the next generation. They have statistics, they have reality, they have sociology that is working against them. And if they're not raising their children and their morals, the morals that they believe in, then they're less likely to pass it on. So if somebody wants to not have children, if they think with their own false ideas that the world cannot sustain this population, instead of having a child, we should only have one child, or we should have no children and we should just get a pet dog instead, then we should encourage that. From one perspective, we would want to encourage it, although we shouldn't, but it's understandable if we did. We would want to say to them, that's fine, we disagree with your philosophy. But don't have any children and don't pass that on to your children. Instead of having children, go ahead and buy a dog and then when it dies, then buy another dog. And then when that dies, you can buy another dog and eventually when you leave this world, we can predict sociologically that your philosophy will also eventually leave along with you. 
So when a person adopts this idea, then their philosophy leaves the world. And this applies across the board. Even, for example, if we were to say race, if one race were to say that we should stop reproducing because the world cannot sustain it, then in their noble ideals, they'll just end up wiping themselves out. Because another race that disagrees with them and says that, no, the world is capable of sustaining this population, then that race will continue to have children. For example, if black people say that we want to continue to have children and white people say that we should stop having children, what's going to happen within a couple of generations? Those noble white people who said that we're going to save the world from overpopulation, the only ultimate result is that they're going to cease to exist. Their population will become so insignificant that it will not have any future in the world. It will not have any numbers by which it can exercise influence. Whereas those people who are black will be far more numerous because they adopted the right policy. You can switch it up as well. If black people said we should stop having children to save the planet and white people said no, we should have children, then they would themselves suffer as well. So this is an advice that in live sessions I also give to some of these people who are white supremacists, Islamophobic white supremacists, that you should follow the teachings of Islam and the Holy Prophet Muhammad wasallam. that if you would have children, then you wouldn't have many of the problems that you have in society right now. You would have never really needed that immigration in the first place to sustain the numbers that are needed for the jobs that are needed to keep this country moving and keep it running. Among our own people, among the natives of this country, we would have been able to fill that demand for jobs and for services that now needs to be filled from those who are outside. So if a person is deluded in a, in a philosophy of the supremacy of their own race, then they would benefit from following the teachings of Islam, which is to have more children and to pass your philosophy and your genes onto those children, because that will be a source of the salvation of your people, whether you believe in the teachings of Islam or not. So Allah Ta'ala has taught us a principle that you should pray and you should have children with this objective, that they be righteous. And then with this intention, it results naturally in the desire to have more children. And anyone who opposes these principles and teachings which are founded on basic reality, then there is no need to even try and convince them otherwise. Although we should convince them otherwise, but it is sufficient to just sit back and watch them meet the fate of their own destruction that their destructive ideologies that oppose Islam will bring upon them. Hazrat Masih wrote that کہ جیسے پیاس لگتی ہے یہ بھوک لگتی ہے لیکن جب یہ ایک خاص اندازہ سے گزر جاوے تو ضرور اس کی اصلاح کی فکر کرنی چاہیے خدا تعالیٰ نے انسان کو اپنی عبادت کے لیے پیدا کیا ہے جیسے کہ فرمایا ہے کہ ماں خلق تو جنہ والانسا اللہ لیا بدون اب اگر انسان خود مومن اور عبد نہیں بنتا بنتا ہے اور اپنی زندگی کے اصل منشاہ کو پورا نہیں کرتا ہے اور پورا حق کے عبادت ادا نہیں کرتا بلکہ فس کو فجور میں زندگی بسر کرتا ہے اور گناہ پر گناہ کرتا ہے تو ایسے آدمی کی اولاد کے لیے خواہش کیا ایسے اولاد ایسے آدمی کی اولاد کے لیے خواہش کیا نتیجہ رکھے گی صرف یہی کہ گناہ کرنے کے لیے وہ اپنا ایک اور خلیفہ چھوڑنا چاہتا ہے خود کون سی کمی کی ہے جو اولاد کی خواہش کرتا ہے بس جب تک اولاد کی خواہش محض اس غرض کے لیے نہ ہو کہ وہ دین دار اور متقی ہو اور خدا تعالیٰ کی فرم بردار ہو ہو کر اس کے دین کے خادم بنے بالکل فضول بلکہ قسم کی معصیت اور گناہ ہے اور باقیات اس صالحات کی بجائے 
اس کا نام باقیات السیات رکھنا رکھنا جائز ہوگا لیکن اگر کوئی شخص یہ کہے کہ میں صالح اور خدا ترس اور خادم دین اولاد کی خواہش کرتا ہوں تو اس کا یہ کہنا بھی نرا ایک دعویٰ ہی دعویٰ ہوگا جب تک کہ خود وہ اپنی حالت میں ایک اصلاح نہ کرے اگر خود فسق و فجور کی زندگی بسر کرتا ہے اور منہ سے کہتا ہے کہ میں صالح اور متقی اولاد کی خواہش کرتا ہوں تو وہ اپنے اس دعویٰ میں کذاب ہے صالح اور متقی اولاد کی خواہش سے پہلے ضروری ہے کہ وہ خود اپنی اصلاح کرے اور اپنی زندگی کو متقیانہ زندگی بنا دے تب اس کی ایسی خواہش ایک نتیجہ خیز خواہش ہوگی اور ایسی اولاد حقیقت میں اس اس قابل ہوگی کہ اس کو باقیات صالحات کا مصداق کہیں لیکن اگر یہ خواہش صرف اس لیے ہو کہ ہمارا نام باقی رہے اور وہ ہمارے املاک اور اسباب کی وارث ہو یا وہ برا نام نامور اور مشہور آدمی ہو اس قسم کی خواہش میرے نزدیک شرک ہے حضور ایکسپلینس دیٹ اے پرسن شوڈ ایس دم سیلز وائی ڈو دے وانٹ ٹو ہیو چلڈرن اف اٹس جسٹ آؤٹ آف اے نیچرل ڈیزائر ان دا سیم وے وی وانٹ ٹو ڈرنک واٹر دین دیٹ ڈیزائر از ناٹ اکارڈنگ ٹو دا ہائر پرپسز دیٹ اسلام ہیز ٹاٹ اس بٹ ریدر اے پرسن شوڈ ہیو چلڈرن فار اے پرپس آف رائچیسنیس اینڈ دین ہی شوڈ آکیوپائی ہم سیلف ان دا تربیت اینڈ دا ٹریننگ آف دوز چلڈرن از ویل Allah Ta'ala has created us for His worship. As Allah Ta'ala has said in the Holy Quran that I have not created the men and the jinn but that they may worship me. If a person is himself not a believer and a worshiper of Allah Almighty, and if he does not live his life according to the commands of Islam, but rather he is lost in disobedience and sin, then for him to desire children, then what other uh, result can there be of this? Then he will make another successor of his own sinfulness and that is what he will leave behind him in the world so when we desire to have children then we should desire that they be religious and righteous and obedient to Allah Almighty and servants of the religion otherwise it is meaningless and it is foolish in fact we would say that it is disobedience and sinful to desire children to desire children without this intention because such children will not be a legacy of righteousness rather they will be a legacy of evil in this world. But Azur says that if we desire righteous children, but it is only something that is said with our words, and our own actions and our own condition and example is not one of righteousness, and <clears throat> we live a life of sin and disobedience, then to desire righteous children is just a false claim that we make. <clears throat> if a person wishes to have righteous children, then he must live a righteous life himself. And such a desire will then certainly be something that produces good results. So this is the advice that Hazrat Masimah has given us on how we can fulfill this prayer of the Holy Quran when we offer it and offer it in the correct way. And also the way in which we can fulfill this desire of the Holy Prophet to have righteous children and have more righteous children so that the long-term plan of Islam and of the Ummah of the Holy Prophet of prevailing in the world is achieved. So with these points, we'll end the darus, and if anyone has any questions, then we can uh, address them.